Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Formula Phone Podcast. I am your host today, all by myself, Matt, and I am so excited to introduce you to the first in what is going to be a series of podcasts designed to familiarize you if you are a new or, or semi-casual fan to the sport of F1. Uh, we're calling the series Intro to F1, and this today is the inaugural episode. We're going to, on this very first episode, explore the six-part power unit inside every car at the heart of the current engine regulation. So today's episode will be a bit of a technical deep dive, but I am thrilled to explore this topic with you, and I hope you'll stick around to learn about the lumps and the humps of the fastest Formula One cars in history. So, let's get right into it. First things first, if you're going to understand how the power unit works in a Formula One car, there's a few things that we need to get out of the way first. So first of all, you keep hearing me use the word power unit, power unit, power unit, not engine, not motor, okay? Because the power unit in a Formula One car is comprised of six different pieces of technology, six different parts, okay? One of the parts is indeed an internal combustion engine like you're familiar with in a road car, but there's five other parts plugged into that engine, attached to that engine that make the entire power unit. So when we use the term power unit, we're talking about all six parts as a whole, okay? And that's why we just don't say the word engine, because technically speaking, it's a little bit of a misnomer. So that's the first thing we get out of the way. This is a six-part power unit of which one part is an actual engine. So we will refer to it as the power unit. Now, the second thing that's worth understanding is that not every car on the grid has the same engine. Remember, there are different manufacturers of engines. We have Mercedes that makes their own engine. Ferrari makes their own engine, Honda make their own engine, and of course, Renault make their own engine. And so each one of these competitors is attempting to adhere as closely to the regulations as possible while attempting to find loopholes at the same time to create the most powerful, most efficient, most reliable power unit that fits these specifications. So different manufacturers. Not every single car in Formula One has the same engine. Mercedes has their engine. Ferrari has their engine. Honda has their engine. Renault have their engine. But they all are six-part power units, and this is how they work. So to give you an idea, to begin the discussion, we need to label the power unit, okay? And this is what we're going to do. We're going to start by talking about the internal combustion engine, the heart of the power unit, the part of the car that you're familiar with. Okay, you have an internal combustion engine in your car. 
Okay, and in fact, it might be pretty similar to a Formula One engine because, again, these cars are supposed to be road relevant. We're trying to make this technology as applicable as possible to road cars. And so when you hear the specifications of an internal combustion engine on a Formula One car, they don't sound that different than the specifications of a normal road car. So those specifications are, and we're going to break these down one by one, so don't be intimidated by all this lingo. Okay, so the internal combustion engine, the actual engine, the part that takes in fuel, blows up the fuel, and expels waste in the form of exhaust, the heart of the car, the heart of the power unit, I should say, that you're familiar with is a 1.6 liter direct injection turbocharged V6. Okay, now each one of those designations means something, and we're going to talk about every single one of them. So 1.6 liter direct injected turbocharged V6. So let's start with the V6. That means that this car has six cylinders that are arranged in a V formation. Pretty straightforward. Again, most cars that have six cylinders are V6s. So again, very road relevant. This, this is the type of engine that you would see in, for example, my Nissan Maxima. It's a V6, okay? Each one of these cylinders contains a piston. Each piston turns a crankshaft. The crankshaft turns the wheels. Okay, we're not going to go into too much detail about that now. Suffice it to say that inside of each one of these cylinders is a contained explosion that forces the piston downwards, turning a crankshaft that ultimately turns the wheel. So that's the heart of just how a gasoline-powered, fuel-powered V6 internal combustion engine works. Cylinders hold fuel and air mixture. That fuel and air mixture explodes. That explosion pushes a piston downwards. That piston action turns a crankshaft. The crankshaft then goes to the differential, turns the wheels, etc. Okay, so the 1.6 liter part, what does that mean? Well, for one thing, it means it's not a very big engine. There's much bigger engines in the world than 1.6 liter, but what kind of measurement is that? You're going to hear this about lots of cars in the world. 1.6 liter, 3 liter, 2 liter, 4 liter, 5.4 liter, whatever. This measurement is the volume of all of the six cylinders measured and combined. So if you were to fill all of the six cylinders with water and then pour all that water into a container, that would measure 1.6 liters. That's it. So it's a 1.6 liter V6. All of the spatial volume inside of the six cylinders measures together to be 1.6 liters. So not a huge engine, pretty small engine, especially when you consider that they get so much horsepower. <laughs> okay, the next term, we got 1.6 liter out of the way. We got V6 out of the way. Direct injected. What in the world does that mean, or direct injection? Okay, so 
in your car and in my car on the road, the fuel and the air are probably mixed together and then injected into the cylinder where they can then be exploded by a spark, causing the piston to move downward, turn the crankshaft, etc. A direct injection engine now is going to do something a little bit differently. The fuel-air mixture, which is, which is injected into the cylinder, is injected separately. Okay, so the fuel is injected through one port. The air is injected through another avenue. This way, you just have a lot more control over your fuel-air mixture. If you're running a race car, a very sophisticated race car, this allows you to just control power better. Okay, so how much air do I need injected into each cylinder? How much fuel do I need injected into each cylinder? And I can control that via this direct inject injection system. So where are we at? We have a V6, six cylinders arranged into V formation, each containing a piston, small explosion. Piston turns crankshaft, crankshaft turns wheels, etc. We have the 1.6 liter direct injection. So we know what those things mean now. Now we need to move on to the turbocharged part of this engine. So we're still talking about the internal combustion engine. It is a 1.6 liter. We know what that means. Direct injected. We know what that means. Turbocharged. We don't quite know what that means yet. We're about to. V6 and we know what that means. So we're almost done with the internal combustion engine. There's one more thing that we need to talk about and it is the turbocharger. Now, this is a really interesting piece of technology, if you ask me, and it actually is relatively common on road cars. If you see a car that is a turbo, that's what this means. If a car is turbocharged, it has one of these pieces of equipment on the car. Mm -hmm. And the way this works, okay, so it's a basically a system of two turbines that work in opposition of each other, basically. So a turbocharger is a large fan that is connected to the waste pipe of the combustion engine. So your combustion engine takes air in, that air is combined with fuel, that creates an explosion, and then that creates waste in the form of exhaust, and that exhaust is expelled through the exhaust manifold into the air into the ether, out of the back of the car, and just into nothingness. Now, if you have a turbocharger, on the other hand, that turbocharger is connected to the exhaust manifold. It, it collects the waste gases from the internal combustion engine, the ICE, as you might hear it referred to as. So the waste gases that are expelled from the internal combustion engine at a great rate of knots are then injected into the turbocharger which looks like a fan basically so that that those it, those waste gases spin this turbine would be the technical term for it really 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 fast several thousand many 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 thousand revolutions per minute so your waste gases are being used to generate energy, basically. So your waste gases, instead of just going out the exhaust and going into heat, going into noise, going into the air, they go into a turbocharger. And they go into the turbocharger, which spin a fan, 
a turbine, turbo, where we get the word turbo. Now that turbine that collects the exhaust gases and spins really, really, really fast is connected to another turbine, essentially, that works off of the energy of the first turbine. We call it a compressor. It's just another fan that when it spins really quickly, also powered by the waste gases, what its job is, is it sucks in air from outside, clean air, and forces that air back into the internal combustion engine. So what you have here is a normal internal combustion engine would expel waste gases in the form of exhaust, and it would just go out into the air in exhaust, in heat and exhaust. Extra used air, extra uh, unused air, unused fuel, unused heat, all of that. Now the turbocharger collects that exhaust gas, that exhaust air. It spins a fan. That fan spins another fan. That second fan collects air from the outside and shoots it back into the engine. Now, one of the most important things about this is that it's just generating energy that they can collect and not waste. You know, that's one of the big things about this Formula One technology is that we're not wasting energy. Rather than energy just going out in the form of heat or exhaust, we're collecting it and then we're using it and putting it back into the engine. So we have a turbocharge, direct injected, 1.6 liter V6. It's turbocharged because the exhaust gases are collected they're used to spin a turbine. That turbine spins a compressor. That compressor collects air from the outside and shoots it back, forces the air back into the internal combustion engine, creating even bigger explosions, which makes the engine more powerful. This is why a turbocharged engine is more powerful than a regular engine because it has forced injection. The air is forced into the into the cylinders. So all that we've talked about so far, everything that we've discussed so far are things that are on normal cars. A Volkswagen GTI has all of this technology, except that it's <laughs> less powerful. It, it's, it's a V4, not a V6. Maybe a little bit less volume in terms of its leader. It might not be direct injected, but it is turbocharged. So these cars are very similar so far to road cars, and that's why they're designed how they are, because they're meant to be road relevant. Now, we move in to a discussion of some of the components of the power unit that are not quite as common and not quite as road relevant. We have the internal combustion engine, which we just discussed in detail. It is a V6, 1.6 liter, direct injected, turbocharged internal combustion engine. And hopefully all of those things make a little bit of sense now. Now, in addition to those pieces of equipment, the modern Formula One car has what is known as an MG 
M-G-U-H. That is an M-G-U-H, which stands for a motor generating unit heat. Okay? A motor generating unit heat, an M-G-U-H. Now, this is one of the very, very sophisticated pieces of technology that only Formula One has and other cars just simply don't have especially road cars. It is extremely sophisticated. I don't know how it works, but I can tell you what it does. So what this motor generating unit does, it acts like a motor, I suppose, as it is a motor generating unit. It collects the energy from the spinning turbine. So the turbo, when it spins, just like a wind turbine, just like a, a windmill, when it spins, it creates energy. Well, Formula One is all about not wasting energy, collecting all the energy you can. So when that turbine spins, because the exhaust gases are spinning that turbine, this MGUH collects that energy and sends it to a battery and stores it for future usage. Now that future usage could be to go into the MGUK, which we'll talk about in a second, which helps power the engine, or probably more importantly, it goes back into the turbo. And this helps you understand a little bit about how turbos work. Because even in, like I said earlier, your common GTI, your Volkswagen GTI, you have a turbo. But what happens is the way a turbo works is a turbo only works when there's exhaust gases going to the turbo, which means when I take my foot off of the accelerator, there's no more fuel going into the engine, which means there's no more exhaust going out of the engine, which means there's no more air and exhaust gases going into the turbo, so the turbo slows. Okay? So the turbo only works as hard as my accelerator, <laughs> basically, to put it a simple way. This is known in the industry among drivers and among car people as turbo lag. Because what happens is I'm on the gas. My turbo's working. I let off the gas. My RPMs come way down. My turbo basically shuts off because there's not enough exhaust fuel in the sense of in 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 the uh, in in the form of air to fuel my turbo. And so my turbo stops spinning. Now when I get back on the accelerator, I go 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 RPMs. It takes a while for my turbo to start spinning again. And so it takes a while, therefore, for the extra horsepower my turbo might induce to kick in. And so if you've ever driven something like a Volkswagen GTI, or if you've ever driven something turbocharged, you can experience that turbo lag. Accelerate, accelerate, accelerate. Here comes the turbo. Whoa! And you feel that turbo kick in. Now, what the MGUH does is it reduces that turbo lag. Because in, in, a, in a race car, especially in a Formula One car, you don't want turbo lag. You want to step on the gas and you want to get all the power. And so the MGUH takes that energy stored stores the energy from the spinning turbine of the turbo in the first place, stores it into the energy store. Extra energy 
And then when that turbo starts to slow down because you're off the gas, it will replace that, that lost energy into the turbo so that when you hit back on the gas, that turbo is ready to go. And you immediately get all of the power from the turbo as soon as you hit the accelerator. So that is a crucial, crucial element that the MGUH um, provides to the power unit because it reduces turbo lag. That is a key thing to understand about the MGUH. It reduces turbo lag. Okay, it stores up energy from the from the um, the turbine generated from the turbo. It can either store it in a battery or it can put it back into the turbo. Okay, so big deal, big deal. So, so far, again, I know this is a lot of information. We have a internal combustion engine. It is connected to a turbocharger. That turbocharger wastes a little bit of energy, which is collected by the MGUH. Because the turbocharger is not perfectly efficient and because it lags, the MGUH helps replenish some of that energy to the turbocharger so that it will not lag. Okay, so those are the components we have so far, the MGUH, the turbocharger, and the internal combustion engine, three of the six. Now, we have three more. The next is called the MGUK. This gets a little confusing. We have MGUH, collects from the turbo. We have the MGUK, motor generating unit kinetic. This is really, really fascinating to me. So what's happening here in the MGUK, in layman's terms, is that the MGUK, quote unquote, captures energy from braking. Now, there are... We could go into all of the technical details and the physics and, 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 and the science of how that works. But to put it simply, there's kinetic energy generated when you brake a car. When we do that in a road car, that energy is just wasted. It becomes heat. It becomes noise. It becomes... It, it, it just goes into the ether. It goes out into the universe. Now, an MGUK on a Formula One car captures that energy by basic, basic, basic just principles of uh, electricity. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the way to put it. They create a, 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 there's magnets involved and coils involved and all of that. Just the simple way you generate a current, right? So the kinetic ener energy generates a current, which is captured in the form of energy. And that energy is stored back into the battery. You've heard me talk about this battery a lot. We're going to come to that in a second. And that energy is then usable. So then now you have a bunch of energy. So it's kind of just the sense of just when I brake really hard in a Formula One car, I have this, this, this thing that captures that, that this, this mechanism that takes that braking energy in the, in the form of kinetic energy spinning of a wheel and it sends it to a battery. So instead of being wasted, it's stored. By the way, Teslas do this. So we're already seeing this in road cars, speaking of being road relevant. Now, 
this energy is then used to just put straight back into the engine in form of in the form of horsepower. So think about that for a second. Think about this technology. I can brake really hard. That energy is collected and then that energy is put back into my engine and makes my car go faster. That's what the MGUK does. Really, really fascinating stuff and things that this is not the point of this podcast, but I do not think this is too far in the future from seeing this in road cars where you are collecting the energy you waste in a road car and you're somehow using it. So the MGUK captures energy from braking. It stores it in a batter, a battery. At that point, it can be used for all different kinds of purposes in the car. It can help power the turbo. It can help power the engine. It can help, it can just be stored in the energy store. So we have, again, to reiterate, we have the internal combustion engine, part one, 1.6 liter. That's the volume, direct injected, air and air and fuel directed separately. Turbo charged, it's connected to a turbo. V6, it has six cylinders arranged in a V formation. The, it's turbocharged. We know what that means. It has an MGUH, which collects the wasted energy from the turbo. It has an MGUK, motor generating unit kinetic, which captures, captures the wasted energy from braking. Okay. Now, two other real quick things. There's also an energy store. It's a big battery. There's nothing really else to say about it. It's extremely complicated. It's a big battery. It stores energy, and then it releases the energy. There's also a control electronics unit. Okay, control electronics unit. Now, what this does is actually really important, but also extremely complicated. So some of the components on the car run on DC current. Some of them run on AC current. Switching back and forth is a complicated matter. And so you need a control electronics unit to make sure that everything on board is running on the current. It needs to be running on, etc. It keeps the car cool, keeps the car from overheating, etc. Okay, so now let's think about this all together. You have an IC, an internal combustion engine that engine takes in air from the outside. It fills it mixed with fuel into cylinders. Inside of those cylinders, explosions occur. Those explosions turn a crankshaft, right? That crankshaft turns the wheels. That's the simplest way to put how the internal combustion engine works. As that process is occurring, exhaust gases are being expelled from the engine. Now, they're being collected by a turbocharger, just plugged into the exhaust manifold. That turbocharger has one fan that is spun by the exhaust gases. Another fan, known as a compressor, works in the opposite way that will suck in air from the outside and force it back into the engine. So the engine is kind of powering its own air intake and making it therefore more powerful. In addition to these units, the car also has a MGUH 
which collects the energy generated by the spinning turbine of the turbocharger, stores it in a battery, and then can be used in various ways. We'll leave it at that. The car also has an MGUK, Motor Generating Unit Kinetic, which will capture the energy that is expended, if that's a word, expended? I think that's a word, when braking. This energy can be either stored in a battery, sent to the MGUH, etc. So we, we're collecting wasted energy in these cars. They're stored in a big battery, like I said, called an energy store, and the whole unit is controlled or orchestrated by what we might know as a control electronics unit. So, together, control electronics, energy store, MGUK, MGUH, turbo, and ICE make up the power unit that four different manufacturers all have to produce. Okay, that's all I have for you today. But before you go, I'd like to ask you sincerely to do a few things really quickly. Just subscribe, leave a review, and rate the podcast. Those things do make a big difference in the podcasting world. And if you've made it this far, that is all the way to the end of the podcast, then I'm assuming you at least somewhat enjoyed what you were listening to. So if you could do just the tiniest thing and leave us a review, subscribe to the podcast, and like us, rate us, you know, be real. Give us three stars <laughs> if that's how you feel. Hopefully you'll give us five, but all of those things really do matter and they make a big difference, especially if you want to keep hearing this content. In addition, we have social media presence on Twitter and Instagram at Formula Fun Pod. So feel free to introduce yourself and um, uh, 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 interface with us on those on those media social media platforms or email me email the the show the 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 hosts of the show eric and caitlin and matt at a formula fun or sorry that's not the email address at a power unit at gmail.com so there's ways to get in touch with us we're trying to do this for real and if you can um you know become a member of the community then this podcast will only continue to grow and become stronger so i'll hopefully continue to reiterate that and i won't harp on it for too long now until our next episode and we hear each other again keep it flat out